We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Weird. Sounds are all jacked up. I guess I should have pushed the test beforehand. There we go. And for some reason, everything got sideways when we launched. There we go. Huh. Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's live show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. Let everybody kind of roll in. Uh, it is going to be a uh, quick pace, rapid hurry, uh, whatever you want to call it. Hurry up offense today is uh, Coach Sprague. Coach Sprague's <laughs> got to get out of here a little bit. Thursdays are practice days and Saturdays game day. So you, uh, you mentioned this a couple weeks ago that you may – May end up coaching. Well, I'm kind of doing like the helping out thing. So otherwise known as you are the coach now. Well, okay. No, 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 no. The coach actually is not going to be at our practice today or our game Saturday, coincidentally. Hmm. Let me ask you a quick question, real quick. Just like a basketball parent question, okay? I know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one day you will have a little girl or boy play basketball. I know. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. If you're at practice and you're watching your kid play, you're just there supporting, you're not, you're just minding your business, watching your kid, right? And if they have a question, you try to answer it if they come to you during water break. What is your thoughts on dad who like yells what to do versus letting the coach teach what to do? Even if you know basketball, what is your philosophy there? What's your stance? Because I can tell you there is a dad like that in our group. And I kind of, I sat there cause I, you know, I, I know basketball a little bit, so I'm just sitting there minding my business, but I want my daughter to be coached. I want her to go through that process mm-hmm. because I found that very valuable for both good and bad reasons. Okay. Younger year. Maybe I've got this backwards. Oh. My daughter just turned 10 just for like a reference of age and where her skill set or, <sighs> Yeah, I think in the younger years, it's maybe easier to defer to the parent because they have that trust mm-hmm. and that bond that is there. Um, and then later, it's more like high school years is more coach. But I and, and Haas says dad needs to stand down. So that was my that's my stance. I, I, I think I'm the, stand, stand down guy for the most part, especially like post like once you're in high school, dad needs to stand down before high school. I think dad can get involved. OK, so hold on. So you're 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 knowing what I'm saying, right? You're understanding. Yeah, what yeah, hundred percent. You you are on the sidelines, way away. They're on the court. They're doing mm. a drill, and the coach is like talking to these kids, and you see your kid do the drill and maybe do something slightly okay, that, wrong. That that far away, 
too much. Here, here's where I push back. Um, when I was in high school, I, I, okay. I, I played sports with a, quite a few guys that went professional. Right. In, in various sports. They almost all had dads that were very, very active, I should say, in their development. So you think that's a good thing? You think that is a reason? Because I would argue they just got great genetics and good work. Sure, ethic. but I think that that relationship is a, like, I think there's like different versions of this. I think there's like berating dad who knows everything. Now we're not talking about berating. No, dad. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm like, saying like even like coaching, like berating right. coaching. I think that, right. like there's levels to it, like constructive coaching, like stay down in your stance. Yeah. Uh, like reinforcement type stuff or, hey, remember what we talked about or mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, regardless right. if it's like right here or like all the way across. I think that's for the most part. OK, but when like you're getting in the minutia, save that shit for home. For the car ride. Agree 100 percent. Sorry okay. to interrupt the podcast. Let's go. No, no, no. I, I think that's a great, great way to get into this. Uh, Visual says greetings Dan, from California. Listen, hey, what's up to my home state? Love Cali. Big fan of Cali. Listen, I said something the other day. We were talking about weather, and then somebody said that, you know, NBA players don't like warm weather or don't like Miami or prefer somewhere else. Uh, I commented that uh, don't believe that's true, but also I'm from L.A. Like, <laughs> Bro, I, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to sound weird because I grew up here and I've lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've been to L.A. I can't even count how many times now. I love L.A. Like, if I get to go to L.A., I get super excited. Could mm -hmm. I live in L.A.? I absolutely could live in L.A. Yeah, I think everybody says that until they live there for like two or three years, and then they're like, "I need to leave." Well, I know where I'd want to live, and if I couldn't live there, then I would. Yeah, see, I, I, people ask me all the time, like, "Would you move home?" And I'm like, "Home? No, no, I wouldn't move home." For those like, that I don't know, live in Costa I, Mesa. Yeah, listen, for yeah, those that good. don't know, I grew up across the street from the Coliseum. Like, oh, I just, I was just there. It's a really shitty area. <laughs> like fun fact, my cousin almost went to USC. He mm -hmm. could have got into USC and UW. He really wanted to go to the film school when they visited from Washington, Battleground, Washington. Mm -hmm. They heard like nine different gunshots and they had all these riots going on. Mm -hmm. And his dad was like, you are not going here. He was out. So for those that don't know, USC's main campus is southwest of the Coliseum by about a mile and a half, two miles. Yeah. That area is like the demarcation. That is the DMZ, okay? Like, the second you take two steps north of the Coliseum, it is North Korea. It, it's just, it, that, that is like literally the closest thing you could get to like North-South Korea. It's like the, the difference in like culture and yeah. uh, buildings and... Uh, uh, just everything, life, like, man. It's just, like, yeah. it's wild. I lived on the north side. So, when everybody asked me if I want to go home, I go, No. No, I do not want to go home. <laughs> did you did you do the Trump, the walk over the line thing? Like, uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Hop back and forth. Eh? I'm on this side. I'm on this side. I'm on this side. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Uh, this is kind of like um, just a, a, a weekly kind of catch-up session. Um, it's, it's a weird, weird season. It's a weird, weird year. I just got off a podcast with uh, the Kings guys, the Kings Herald. Um, they're just kind of like, I kind of want Ben Simmons. They're in such a weird place, like, fan-wise, and it's been so futile for 15-plus years. They're like, in a drought, bro. They're, like, like, they're in a real drought. I'd just rather just kind of go with the talent and, like, chasing the playoffs. That actually sounds kind of fun. And I was like, listen, man, yeah. the funny thing is uh, Kings fans, uh, obviously there's not probably any in here right now, but they could have legitimately had 
both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but they fucked it up. Well, they fucked up many things. Let me throw it at you real quick, though, because I think it, it, it will lead into maybe what we get into mm-hmm. tonight. What did you think of that report of that trade, the Kings and Sixers, with Halliburton, Heald, Barnes, and two firsts for Simmons and Harris? What did you think about that? Uh, I think Maury's full of shit, and that was never offered. Because, like, I saw that, and I, I think I saw it from one of those, like, uh, aggregator. aggregator. Like an aggregator's like aggregator. Central. Yeah, it's like NBA Central, yeah. right? And somebody quote tweeted it because I don't follow my personal account. Mm. And I saw that and I, I remember reading it two times and I was like, why would the Sixers not do this trade yesterday? Yeah. Oh, why yeah. would you not? Why would you not pull that trade? A rookie scale guard, uh, a three and D wing, a six, yeah, like, four rookie scale guard, yeah. a three and D wing and a three and D wing with ring experience. Like, and, and, two first? and also they're going to take your God awful contract. So there's 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 no there's no way that's a real trade, right? Yeah, the, I I have a hard time believing believing that was on offer. Now and then Daryl Moore today is like lying in public today. Bro, I I got a theory. I have an actual theory. <laughs> Go get, hit me with it. I have a theory that Daryl Morey, while very smart, and let me just make mm-hmm. this clear, I like Daryl Morey because he will talk to guys like us. Like he yeah. engages with it. Hundred percent. He's not gonna always agree with you. He's not gonna tell you a hundred percent of the truth, but he's pretty open. I love that because we never got that from the previous dude. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that he put himself in such a predicament that he legitimately doesn't know what to do. And he's his cards are playing out in real time of, wait, you said you had a pocket aces. I'm seeing threes. Mm-hmm. I listened to that interview today on uh, in Philadelphia. Woo, dog. That, that dog like, don't hunt. Like, that dog don't hunt. No, I, I think he's stuck. <laughs> I think Daryl Morey doesn't know what to do. He just, put himself in a ditch. And he's like, shit, somebody come through with a real trade. Uh-huh. That's, what, real that's trade. why when he said that, like, oh, you know, a top 40 player would be good to have. And I'm like, you know, the glass breaking. Dun, 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 dun. You know, that's CJ McCollum's music, baby. Like, that the Blazers are back. had two top 40 players maybe in it. You said, ah. no, thanks. Come on, get out of here. It's like, it's just like, come, come on, on, man. Like, Come and on. that's why, you know what's funny is, I, I, I don't like to do this. I, I mean, I, I'm i lying. I like to do this. That's part of my problem, is that uh, there was a guy in there who, in my mentions back in November, was like, Daryl Morey's God, you know, and what he does, he's here's a reason he, you know, Ben Simmons is, is they're holding on to him. They're going to get a lot exactly of, there's a lot what of that they believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, like, the, St. Daryl is a real thing. Hallowed yes. be thy name in Philadelphia. Don't get it twisted. There you go. Drink it. Drop the don't get it twisted for you. Um but uh, the the idea, like he, he's just infallible, and he's gonna bring them to the promised land. Like this is this is like false messiah type stuff in sports, and they maybe drank into the Kool Aid a little too much. Mm-hmm. And what comes along with that now is that that guy who I was like, oh yeah, they, they, cause at, at the time in, in like mid November they were the top of the East. They have they had gone eighteen and sixteen since then, good enough for eighth in the East. And his response is, oh, he's doing the right thing, though. He'll figure it out. He, you don't just let go of this. Not 24 hours later, you got Daryl like, hey, no, listen, Joel's just so good. So He's so good that our, our, our asking price is going down. It was only the 50 points in 28-minute game. That's what it took for you to know Joel is so good. Like, come on, man. Joel's on board. Joel's on board with, with fuck Ben Simmons. You're with me. That was three you? days ago, right? That was three yes. days ago that ba- that Joel yes. was on Monday. That Joel yeah. was in Daryl Morey's corner. Yeah. How much has shit deteriorated in 72 hours for them to be like, ah, top 40 player? 
dude, I love this. I thought I was going to get you to be like, <laughs> you spray. Daryl Morey's the man. Cause like, I'll say no! this, not just in Philly. He's got like a basketball following. Like the people who are in basketball, it's like, well, Daryl's too small. Oh, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. I'm like, is Daryl never made a bad decision ever in his life? I mm. think he has, but like he's tried and he's risked. He did trade like CP3 for, for Russ, so. Right, yes, that's a very, well, that is a relationship problem. But I just, I, I keep watching these interviews and reading these headlines and these things, and I'm like, I think it's okay to say one of the smarter guys in that league. Overplayed his hand way overplayed a hand and is now in a predicament and doesn't know how to get out of this. So let me do some interviews and start talking and making it sound like way more appealing over here. I, I think that's plausible. Oh, I think it's a very strong reason for that. It was, and I love that you're on my, yeah, my corner yeah. with this. Cause I thought you might be against it. Well, no, listen, I, I like Daryl. I think he's very smart. I think he's the best um, wheeling wheeler and dealer of stars. Maybe the league has ever seen outside of like, Maybe Riley. I mean, Riley and, and honestly, Kraus. West. Yeah, but you're you're talking like rarefied air, multiple title winners. Yes. Like yes. that's where Maury's kind of at as far as like big time transactions. Um But what's missing for him? The title. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's kind of one of those situations where like you look at like Terry Stotts, you know, he's a longtime head coach at Portland, mm-hmm. nine years, didn't have a title. Every other coach that was employed that long or longer had one or more. Right. Um right. so this like this this whole situation. It's very interesting. Not just the 76 or Simmons part of this, but the leverage between team and player. Because whoever wins this, this is going to be a blueprint going forward. If Ben wins this, and he ultimately gets to go where he goes and where where he wants to go, does Brad Beal next year do the same thing after he signs his extension? He's going to opt out and he's going to sign his extension, and then the clock's going to tick like we've seen for these other guys. They get their big money extension, oh. and once they get their money, they're like, I'm out. Okay. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I've made it very clear. I put James Harden in this category. Mm-hmm. I put Ben Simmons in this category. Do what you think is best for your own business ventures. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be mad at that. What I, I'm not a fan of is going through it that way. Like James Harden quit on his team, went to a strip club, like eight wings, checked out, yeah. like hate made his teammates hate him. You want to get traded, ask for a trade. Don't, I don't like that part. Like I'm all about player mobility and, you know, player empowerment. Like that's cool. I'm, I'm for that. I just, I, I think some of these are, we're crossing lines, but I think yeah. to counter what you're saying, Danny, I, I don't think Brad Beal will be that player. I think if Bradley Beal wanted out, he would ask for a trade. Here's I, I think thing. I'm going to push back on the, on the, on the asking okay. for the trade thing. Okay. Because I, while I agree with you, what doesn't happen, and this is where I, I have the players back a little bit in this regard, there have been numerous instances of players asking for trades and mm-hmm. GMs basically going, nah. And so they have to make noise. And then they have well, to make more he, noise. And then they have yeah. to make more noise. But that there there is a real thing where like players have repeated, and, and it's almost incumbent upon the player to be like, oh, you need me to make this toxic as hell for you to understand like what I want. Because here's the thing: there are players. Isn't there who a line middle, for that toxic kind of behavior? There isn't is there a line for that, and it's that's where like I think Harden took it too far. I think Simmons is yeah. Taking I, it too I think far. I think that's you know I'll say this about a basketball perspective: like I'm a big fan of the league. I, I wish the league mm-hmm. was more popular. I love football too, by the way. But those are moments that the league doesn't do themselves a lot of. Like people turn on the athlete in that situation. They don't they don't go on the team. It draws short term eyes. Yes. So, 
Uh, D-Dog says it worked for AD and James Harden. Yeah, listen, it more often than not, it works. It works. Yeah, it works. I'm not arguing it doesn't work. I just, I'm just saying from a fan perspective, if you want out, I'd rather just be like, hey, can I get traded? And the team's like, you're a superstar. You don't want to be here. Yeah, we get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get some assets for you. For as it pertains to Beal, I I think he wants to stay in Washington, but I also think he's gonna have don't forget, Damian Lillard had a real, you know, crisis of conscience. Mm-hmm. For those that are out there, Damian Lillard never contemplated leaving. Yes, he did. Unequivocally. In his he own met words. with LeBron and AD on a roof. Un- unequivocally. <laughs> that happened. Do not think that, oh, he. Ne- yes, he did. You know why? Because he spent 10 years playing for an organization that did him well, but never did him right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and he, going o- he goes overseas, he plays in Japan, and he's hanging out with Dre, who goes, kiss the rings, bitches. They were at the top of the the pinnacle for basketball in the world, and he got to experience what being at the top of something feels like. Was yes, and to have real support around him, and to remember, celebrate like winning the the, the remember, top. Remember, he season. asked Dre, "How do I do this with? How yeah. do I pop the champagne? You like, know how to pop do, the champagne? Like, do I spray it at you? Do I put the goggles? Like, yep. that's yep. like that's the most like ridiculously tiny detail. It's so insightful and like." How Dane was like a little kid almost. Like I think I, you said redick, but that's okay. I I enjoyed it. Did I? I don't know what happens. That's okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just but it's love like, it. I just love that. It's just like one of the most ridiculous things of like how almost infantile and innocent Dane yes. was in that moment. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, I can have this, right? You know, and it's just it's so so cool to see that, and I think that's kind of what makes. The frustrations around like building around Damian Lillard matter. And Eric says we all saw the Instagram post, heard the freestyle, didn't we? Like, yes, like, yeah, it's it's. A, I don't think it, I don't think anybody in this conversation in this community doubts that. Is there? Is there anybody in the chat? I'm just, I'm, I'm, not, not not right now, but I've gotten comments on it before. Like, oh, he never questioned his loyalty. Da, da, da. I never questioned Dame's desire and want to be here. That's that's right. not what I've questioned. What I have questioned is, is does he want something else more? Because yeah, I mean, yeah. Be somewhere for 10 years. Be somewhere for 10 years and, and tell me if you don't want something, like if you don't at least stop. And, and work your ass off and not maybe get rewarded for that hard work, right? And in, in the way that you want, not yeah. like financially. Obviously, he got that, but just in the, in the game sense of it, you know, that's. And by the way, loyalty can go two ways for people, right? It can, it can be strictly you view it through the organization. And I think 90% plus would say that's what it is. He's made it abundantly clear. He's got business here. He's, he's going to live in Oregon. Yeah. But it's all said and done. Like CJ bought 319 acres, like five yes. blocks from me. Yeah. Like <laughs> those guys are going to live here long-term. Yes. Like they do love it here. Yes. It's just like you get to a point in your life where I think it's okay to Channing still lives here. Steve Blake still yes. lives here. Martel, yeah. Travis yep. Outlaw. There's a yep. ton of dudes who still yep. live here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They've all went somewhere else. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's okay. Uh, there's a couple questions in here uh, that I saw. Where was it at? Uh, Andy Marshawn, is there any Simmons and Harris package to Portland you guys actually consider doing? Simmons, Harris? I really it's, don't want that Harris contract. That Harris, I, don't, like, I don't want it. No, thanks. The I was money, wrong on that, by the way. I volunteer. I was way wrong. That was a bad, bad contract. The money that came from that is just so ridiculous. Like you're trying to get off CJ's deal and it's a bad deal. Harris's mm-hmm. is more money. What was that? 190, right? Yeah. I think it's 38 escalating up to 42. Oh, yeah. it hurts. Oh, it's not great. What's the average? Like 14 and nah, six? I think he's at eight. Is he at 18? He's eight, 18, 8, and 4. Let me take a look. Yeah, That's okay. a, like not, it's, he's, he's not a bad player. He's just worth half that. He is what you hope Nas becomes. Yeah. Better defense. How, how tall is he? How tall is he? 6'8? Six, 6'8, eight? Six, eight, almost 6'9, okay. and he's right. solid. I like meant, and by, yeah, by the way, but I as far as production. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. on the season, Toby is 18, 7, and 4. Like the really the only thing that's kind of holding him back outside of just like some defensive stuff he hasn't been as good as he's been in the past. He's only shooting thirty one percent from three. Well, I mean he's not a, a one or a two. But even then he's like he's been he's been a better three point shooter in the past. But he's uh, he's a very good mid range shooter. Like I don't want it. I, I'm out on that. If you could take Ben and Toby and you got to keep the kids and you. Pack. You know what? Let me let me do this live to, to figure out exactly what. So you're in on that. You would you would do it. I I, I I don't stop at it right away. Dame, Toby, Ben, Ant. Insert rim running center here. Yeah, 
Like it's like you start thinking about it, and you're like, that's that's not that's not a bad team, you know. Well, it's and like, it's interesting. Here's here's my now I'm starting to kind of dive into these waters a little bit. Here's the other angle of this. He's played with Ben, but Toby's played with Joel now for a few years. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Toby? Is Toby any different at all if he's playing with a six-two point guard? You know, like how how that offense would would work yeah, like with like does Bain it look different? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, let me see. So, I could probably talk myself into it. Now that Toby Ben for CJ Cov Powell works. Portland takes on ten million there. CJ so, Cov Powell. Yeah, I could see Philly so being interested in that. You add. You'd be a little small though. You add Nance. Yeah. I think you, you'd have to add Nance, right? Yeah, I would say you add Nance, and you probably take. Honestly, you probably take Tybal. You think he would part with Tybal? That seems a little misguided. I mean, you're taking on a. I know. Like, I you're three years I know, I know. of significant money. You wouldn't have a lot of wiggle room for roster construction, so like that has to be. And that's where like you got to hit Tybal, on those Nas, minimums, like, you know. So exactly, but. So you could run Dame, Ant, uh, Ben, Toby, go get your vet minimum or, you know, Who would be a MLE. good one? Let's, let's think of one. Um, you go get your MLE, spend, spend the MLE on Bamba and Pope bro, and Bray. That's not a, that's not a bad alternative option. No. And, I mean, if you wanted to get spicy, you have Ant as your actual sixth man. You start Tease. You have Ant Ant Nas coming off the bench, but then you got vet minimums what's everywhere T, else. What's T shooting from three? He's I know, like I, he's yeah thirty percent. Yeah, he's not a he's it's not a three Andy. It's just no, it's, D. It's just yeah. D. He's he's hit and miss in that regard, but you you do pick up a lot of cover. I mean, you get two of the you get the best on ball defender in the NBA and Ben Simmons. You get one of the better on ball defenders. I don't know. That's it. Definitely puts you in a in a in a world where it's it gets. Pretty pretty spicy. Like it's not a. I mean that's a good that's a good starting unit, and if you can obtain Ant, keep him here. That's a great six man option, man. You can find maybe a couple minimums just to put alongside that. Stagger these dudes a little bit. Like could probably build a worse team than that. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're, with this deal, you're actually taking on one point seven million. So you'd need to f- shave basically 5 million from the roster by the end of the year in other moves to kind of make it work. It's like, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's interesting. It's like, it's an interesting theory exercise. Like how, how, how sideways would this need to go for well, you? I don't like, know why Daryl would want that though. Like I can understand some of that, but like Norm and CJ with Seth and you're giving, you don't, you're, you lose Ben and you lose, Toby and Matisse, like I mean, does that I don't think they're really look. I don't really think they're. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes them better. I think that makes them incredibly deep. Okay, like you, you, you've got Norm, CJ, and Nance all under contract, and you've saved two million dollars, and okay. you're gonna have Cub fall off your books. Yo, that's right. It's expiring. Then you trade what Nurkic to Orlando for Bamba? Something along those lines. Hmm. Like, again, it's just, it's an interesting theory exercise. Like, <clears throat> what, it's kind of like, what's, what's the worst thing you'll be willing to do to take on Ben Simmons? Like, is it giving up Anthony Simons? Is it taking Tobias Harris's deal? Like, I'm at the point where I am, I am a strict no of giving up Ant for, for Ben. 
Like in what any about, What about other players? Jalen's probably the line that I draw. Like that's, that's where you're going to get me to go. Like the difference between what Ant could be, which is basically like taller, more explosive Damian Lillard, or what Jalen Brown is right now, which is a top 25 player in the NBA. Like right now. Legit size, can defend. I think he's a smart basketball player. Mm-hmm. He just kind of needs to be groomed a little bit with a guy like Dame. It's like I said, it's it's an interesting exercise to kind of run through in your head. It's it gets a little bit weird. Uh, Eric Eric also says, "I want to see Ant alongside Dame." I I would like to see it. It's just uh, Rip City for that chip says, "Sorry guys, but Simmons and Toby and a lot of puke emojis." Yeah. Uh, listen again. <laughs> totally understand it. I totally if get the, it. If the Blazers were in this position of of bargaining power, we wouldn't be sitting here like parsing over. Like, well, I guess Ben Simmons. You'd be like, yeah, give me Ben Simmons now, or give me Pascal Siakam now. Like, if this was if if, if they had the Boston Celtics war chest of 2018, they could be like, yes, give me this, and you can have this, but I'm keeping this instead. They're not negotiating from a position of power. No, Almost. everybody knows they need to trade these dudes. Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. If Dame's going to stay in Portland, which I think everybody's on the assumption that yes. he is, then they're looking at this from the obvious standpoint of, you need me more than I need you. It's it's really interesting here. It's I, I, I want to be a fly on the wall in Joe Cronin's office when he's on the phone. Uh, Moneyball, when Jonah Hill's sitting there like this, like... Yeah. Kind of yep. like that. I would love to be there, like in the room with like, what's Joe doing here? And then the, yes, you know, who who is it? They landed. Was it uh, was it was it Carlos Pena? Or they no, they dealt Pena. That's what it was. No, they brought in Pena. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen Moneyball, and I hate mm-hmm. the A's. I don't yeah. remember who they trade. I remember they signed Chris Pratt, who was that. Uh, that remember when Scott Hatterberg? Hatterberg, yes, Hattie, baby. Yeah. Um, for sure. Let me, let me just say say this too. Um, what's nuts is we don't know what direction they're going to go with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But what's nuts is how close we are to them needing to make that decision, and how like right now as we're doing this live show, Joe Cronin could be sitting at the practice facility, knowing what the move's going to be, or feeling he's like wa- a- he's watching the show right now. Joe, my DMs are open. <laughs> Yo, hop on. Like, let's have some fun. I love this stuff. We're nerds. Somebody man. asked me, like, do you think you can get Terry on the show? And I'm like. Stotsy? Yeah. Listen, I, I'd bring Terry Bear in a second. But I bet you right now he's just like, nobody gives a shit what I'm doing. And I'm making $10 million a year. And I get to walk around like a Swigo and drink my beer. So I kind of just view it as like, too, you'd have to ask him the obvious questions. I, I Does he want to talk about that? No. I mean, no, I wouldn't. But- he went through that shit for a decade. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to talk about it right now. I Listen, if Stotsy decided to write a book just about the, the sideways shit of the last two years, that sure. I would be interested in. Sure. 100%. Just like, here's what's going on. Um, if we feed Nurk beer and Savapi, we'd turn him into his dad. We'd be incredible. <laughs> That's pretty good. Here's kind of... Oh, that was a weird cough out of nowhere. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, here's kind of a dividing line. Uh, which, which, what's, what's your take on this? Uh, for sure. Ask Pascal for ant is Siakam the dividing line of like what you would, cause I would push back on Siakam cause he's older. 
Because Jalen's, I think, four years younger than Pascal. Is, I think, what is Pascal, 30, 31? I, I think he's 28. Let me double check. 28, okay. I'm double checking right now. Philly, Toronto, because he was a late bloomer. Uh, yeah. He's 27. Yes. Like, I <laughs> Yes. I'm just like, eh. Yes. You, you would swap Ant for Pascal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I They need, I mean, Danny, we've seen the, the guard run, man. Like, I, it's not a hatred of any player. I, no, no, I, I understand players. that. But I'm looking at, like, value name. scale, like, of, like, what you would. Well, I mean, Ant needs to do a little more, I think, to tip the value into an even space, right? Like, it's still Pascal. But you're banking on the future. You would say you would. I would imagine you and maybe a lot of people would say, "Ant in the future." But I think right now and maybe even the next year, I think it's Pascal. So, can you capitalize with Dame in that window? Because we're operating on the assumption that's the window, right? Yeah. And speaking of windows, I've gotten a lot of this over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Casey says it, and Gray says it. Basically, like the idea of like Ant's been so good in this run, should they really consider trading Damian Lillard? Listen. Oh, I think that's going to keep building. I it mean, it I, is. I, I, the, I the better ant going. The, yeah. the better ant plays. It's going to be a real thing. Um, It'll make you feel. Uh, well, I mean, it won't feel good, but I think if it came to something where the letter O feels differently, and I don't expect him to, because again, he's been adamant about it. But mm-hmm. like, if he was, if that situation popped up, I think I think Blazer fan would like. I hope would wish him well root form wherever he goes mm-hmm. and you'd kind of feel a little like happy and optimistic and excited because you would have a clear restart piece. Like you're already starting with a chip yeah. and that's the hardest thing in the NBA to get is a chip. So it's like, you would feel good in that sense, especially knowing what you get back in return. So I, I I've seen a lot of um, not a lot, but a fair amount of like, they should really consider trading Dame. It's not spreadsheet basketball. Like he's more than just Damian Lillard, the basketball player. Yeah. What he means to this organization. It's a non-starter. Oh, for sure. It is a non-starter for everybody out there. Like I can't, I I can't believe that it is, it is, it is NBA suicide to trade that guy right now. If he asks out, it's different, but it is, they, they cannot do that. And it's, and it's kind of in this weird spot. And uh, somebody else in chat says, uh, ER says, raise the ant stock and trade at peak for something we need. That's also a really dicey proposition because in doing so, unless you're trading for a guy who's 24 years old, you are giving away the last thing that you have. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that last thing that you have is really good. Yeah. And they are not the Cleveland Cavaliers where they've got LeBron and Kyrie. They've got old LeBron <laughs> and Damian Lillard. Still a right. really good flair. Top 10. Top 7. But not what LeBron was. Yes. Otherwise, this Laker team wouldn't be below 500. Mm-hmm. They'd, they would suck, and we'd be like, how is this team good? And you'd be like, that guy wearing number 6 is pretty really damn good. talented. Yeah. But th- that Cav team had LeBron and had Kyrie maybe at his best. And then they went and add, you know, in prime Kevin Love. Or the Heatles. They yeah. take Wade and they add LeBron and Chris Bosch. Right now, you need to get the number two. Ant might no shit be your number two right now. Like, terrifyingly, he might be. 
but he should probably be your number three for a couple more years. And what right. you're hoping to do right. is either get another good, really good number three, and then take that and parlay that into a number two, or suck enough to where you get a top draft pick to where you can pair that with your other number three and go get your number two or that draft pick hits giving up your youth right now when you didn't have a legit fallback beyond that yeah. you end up becoming the kinks or the magic like you you're just bereft of assets and you were in a bad bad place yeah. it's a it's a lot no, I mean, there's obviously a line for me, and I think there should be and is a line for most people with him. Like, you're not just throwing that in for, like, a, a, a roll-of-the-dice, run-of-the-mill player. You know no. what I mean? Like, you're either getting top-end value because of how good he's played and I think how good he's going to continue to play, or you're keeping and you're establishing how can you construct the roster to make it make sense for him and the team. Yes, and that's the the... The dynamic right. at play right now, like yes. not only you try to manage Damian Lillard, and this is the reason they have to do this, and why I, I say it's not spreadsheet basketball, is that while they're going to sell the team, you know, relatively soon, in like a sense of like selling the team, like in five years, I imagine in that's two to five years, soon. and that's not soon enough for people. Sure, but I mean, as far as like managing the team goes, they they have to consider life after Damian Lillard. The stuff does oh, not operate in a vacuum. Absolutely, you, you, absolutely. you get that. Yes. And that's where I see people, well, they should just move on from Dame. And and then what? Well, that's kind of my point is like, I'm kind of in a place where if he wants to be our Dirk, I'm in. Yeah. Like, that's a good thing to do, like string out for a little while. And I am very much of a, you should be building towards an NBA title or tearing down. If Dame wants to ride out into the sunset, he has earned that. You take two more years and you grind that down. And then you know what you do? You've got Anthony Simons, who is... 24 years old and you're in a really good spot we didn't just now get rid of neil olshay after all these years of incompetence and lack of testicular fortitude to make a trade to then immediately after we get rid of him say all right dame thanks no big gulps you, huh well you see you later oh it you owe it to him yeah. as an organization to go all in and build what you can as quickly as you can for that guy to have a shot and if it doesn't work me and Danny have talked about it. Like, I'm okay saying, well, move didn't work. We were wrong or, you know, whatever it is. Like, you owe it to him to do that. I think you owe it to the fan base. That's why I don't get the fan base that's like, maybe we should just trade him. What? This dude, this dude's played here for a decade. Doesn't indicate right now today that he wants to leave. And we finally got rid of the one thing that got in the way of roster construction. And now you want to trade him? It's this a weird... doesn't add up to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Justin Poole says, how hard does Dame try to get players to come here? It seems like when players actually come, they realize how nice it is here. Well, the second part of that is maybe gassing the home crowd up a little bit. Uh, it has to appeal to a certain kind of player. Because there have been plenty of players that come here and went, fuck this place. <laughs> and they have been gone very quickly in the offseason. If they're you're laid back here, and like to smoke weed, it's a great place. Is a, exactly. So you you got to figure out which, which side of that pendulum you fall on. The I want to be around parties and club scene NBA young player, or I just want to chill young NBA player. If they get a hold of one of those guys, which I think Dame kind of falls in the ladder as far as like being just a chill dude, um, it works. But Dame has recruited. But the problem was the Blazers either didn't have salary cap space, number one, 
mm-hmm. number two, they weren't willing to trade the <clears throat> $30 million guy behind him to make room to bring that guy in. And there's another comment in here. Tyler Riggs says, Nilo not trading him, I'm assuming he means Ant, for Gordon, Aaron Gordon last year, actually makes sense in hindsight. They, I, I want to clear the air on that. They could have had Aaron Gordon without giving up Nas or Anthony. Neil believed that Covington was the better fit. So, two first. Want, 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 to, want to clear two, the air two, two on that round, one real two quick? Two first round draft picks for that guy. Want to clear the air on? And again, I I like Covington, and I was okay with the deal. I wanted Gordon more. Pretty clearly on record of that, but it was not going to require Anthony Simons. They, they got R.J. Hampton for him. The bar well, was wasn't gonna, that high. Yeah, I was going to say, could could Portland have swung it when they got Norm? Oh God, yeah, hundred percent. Because then they both got traded around that time, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like two weeks apart. S- same same deadline, yeah. Yeah, same but deadline. it wouldn't have even costed Gary, to be honest. If they had, if they had given the second pick, it was the option was two first round picks or a first round pick and a young, a promising player. Remember, Gary Harris was the the kind of the flotsam for the salary, yeah. or R.J. Hampton, yeah. and then the first round pick. Had they given two first? It was not a. Uh, they didn't have enough on offer. It was they didn't make the offer for Aaron Gordon at that level. They could have given the two first round picks up to Orlando, gotten Aaron Gordon. Instead, he went and got a six three dude. I think what we have found out about Neil, and by the way, doesn't want to call him small. I think Neil had a fetish for really short people. <coughs> like I, I think Neil was just all in on shortness. There I got to give Richmond like- credit. He said he, he he treats them like Pokemon. He got to catch them all. I mean, for real, you know, it's there's a fetish there or something. There, there, there was a lot, lot, lot there. It's, um, it's, I don't know. Uh, Visual says Damian Lillard doesn't even want to give the team a discount. One player in NBA history has done this. It's Dirk. Tom Brady. Well, no, Dirk in the NBA. (laughs) Uh, And again, it was after they won titles. Did Kobe give the Lakers a discount his last, like, three years? Okay, the the second deal after the Achilles, yes. After that deal, but not before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mr. Loyalty. Again. It's a business, man. Like, is Dame supposed to say, what, I don't want that $15 extra per year? If you can't attract anybody in free agency and you trade your uh, your trade chips for – a, a comp a more competent roster how do you how do we assess what you do with that money striking out on free agency remember when we didn't get chandler parsons and like half the fan base was like damn it chandler mother bleeping parsons that's where we got i gotta tell mean? you a story about that that one off air um there's there's actually more to that um it's kind of bonkers when you hear it but i actually don't get mad at neil for that as weird as for that sounds, offering Chandler Parsons. As weird as that sounds, when, when I when I tell you the story, you're gonna understand. It, it's gonna blow your mind. So sorry to everybody else here, but that's uh, you're a tease. Dude. Yeah, I, I am definitely a tease with that one. Um, there was another question in here. Visual says no one no one doesn't owe anybody anything in life. Dame can be traded at any time. I don't I don't buy that because. There's there is a trade off here that does take place in this, and it's not a a one for one transaction. Guys like Dame don't come across very often. Like one of the things that I, I've talked to a lot of folks in the NBA about is that 
you're not going to see a guy stay with a franchise for 10 years anymore. Just it's 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 eroding. Like after they get 7 years, like you you you, sign, you get your first, you know, your rookie deal and then you sign for 3 so you can get that max earlier. And then you sign the one and one, so you hit the nine years, and you get the super max with all of the. That, that's the that's the blueprint now, and that's that's three different times in the first ten years of their career that they have like legit mobility, and I just don't think you're going to see guys stay around for that long. And it's hard to really put a number on what that means to a franchise to have a guy like, like even a guy like Terry Porter. Terry Porter was. Basically, like nobody remembers him anywhere else but Portland. Nobody. Nobody remembers the Bucks days. Nobody remembers that because he was here for so long. Nobody talks right. about you know, oh yeah, I remember that time. And no, he was a Trailblazer through and through because he was here for so long. Who was the last truly loyal star that this team had? And here, here's the thing. It's Damian Lillard, and that's the list. Every single franchise star has left this team. Mm-hmm. Every single one. And it's not ended well. No. Every single one of them has been a messy, god-awful shit show of a divorce. Clyde is a Houston Rocket in the NBA Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And that he's not you. calling Tr- Bolton Trailblazer games. And I don't begrudge him. He's a Houston guy through and through. That's his blood. The team thing is weird. I mean, it it is weird. Don't that's get... a little that's a little yeah. weird to not go in as a blazer yeah. but be a cougar too. Like you could have had both. Yeah. Uh, Bill Walton wanted to throw the entire medical staff off a cliff in Portland. Filed a lawsuit against him. Yes, it was ugly. Brandon Roy cost Paul Allen tens of millions of dollars and broke his trust. Yep. Like every Lamarcus Aldridge pieced for nothing. Rasheed Wallace gave two birds on the way out. Every single star in this franchise's history has dipped on less than great terms. Yep. Having that guy be that guy, and let's let's say he plays 16 years. Let's say he plays four more years here, and then like a year in Oakland or a year in Utah. He's going to be Portland Trailblazer Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah, always. he'll sign back and retire as a that's, a that's what I mean. Like he'll that's always happen. He'll always be that guy. Yes. But to spend that long in, in an organization, man, doesn't well, happen anymore. Let me also add to that. To, uh, who asked the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, there was a couple different versions of it, okay, but just okay. like the general but, idea. But to like also just I, let me try to like make more of a case for what you're saying. Like I maybe you feel that way and that's how you feel because it's the NBA and it's a business and it's about assets. I, I think people, and, and maybe it's not these people, but I'm just going to throw this out. I, I do think there is a portion of people that are forgetting what this dude is when he mm-hmm. is 100%. When he's not dealing with an abdomen injury and how he can turn the corner, how he can get to the rim, how he can shoot from 33 feet looking like he's shooting a regular basic jump shot to hit game-winning a- shot alien shit. game-winning shot, to average, go like four games where he's averaging 45 or more, like... Number fifty-five against Denver, fifty-five point triple double. I just saw the highlight, like his sixty-point game against Golden State, and and I, he is he's he's lifted this franchise to the postseason. It's not been successful. It's not gone deep most of the time. It's been a little like lucky just in the where they've ended up. But like, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how we get there, how we get to that point where it's like, yeah, I, if we trade him, cool, I'm ready. This dude is an all NBA point guard who's capable of hitting every game shot, hitting threes from a ridiculous level, like giving teams nightmares in terms of going against him. And I feel like some of us are forgetting this because he's been out for so long. Because recency bias. Like him. He hasn't looked yeah. like himself all season. And I think he's going to remind a lot of people after he comes back with this surgery, like, I still know how to play basketball, guys. I don't know how peak or his prime, how much longer that goes, but I think it's at least two more years. I think you've got plays. two more years. And that's yeah. that's, a, that's a tough place to be. Uh, I, I know we got to get you out of here in a few minutes, Brandon, but I want to get a couple things in here real quick. There was a question yeah. somebody asked about uh, – Covington, whether or not he could get a first, and there was a note in there about Nate Duncan and Hollinger, unsure if he could recover a first. I think he can get a pretty heavily protected first that basically kind of turns into two seconds, but it looks pretty. Looks like a first. Top 29 protected? Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Like, you know, like the, honestly, like the one we gave the Bulls. I yeah. said, wow, I said we. I haven't used a collective in a long time. Uh, uh, you, use, you wear the hat every podcast. Eventually, you got to drop a we once yeah, in a while. Well, it's okay. It's all it right. happens. Um, it's to let everybody know I care. Dude, we're also, fans. Also to hire, uh, hide the sweatiest hair I've ever had. You got a Peloton workout. Oh, yeah, I got a Peloton workout for the first time in a month. That way I can go get my hip cut open. Um, but I think they can get a, a viable asset for him. Yes. Um, which will then be flipped. Um, now the chat is basically just everybody like re- rehashing how shitty it was when every star they've ever had left. Yeah, sorry to, to, to bring those memories up. <laughs> oh, but I, I think it's good perspective to, mm-hmm. to have those memories. Like, you know what that felt like, how much that sucked. And you don't. we don't know what the future is for Ant. So, like, that aside, I, I've said this before. You trade Dame, cool. You could just as quickly become Orlando. It's you're not given that you're going to trade Dame and be Cleveland and three, four years later, you're right back in contention in the conference. That's not a given here. Yeah, there's there's a good question here from Casey Darnell. For anybody who's followed me for any period of time knows that, again, I am very much on a trajectory guy. If you're not building up towards a title, you need to be tearing down. That's not a binary thing. And I, there are exceptions to that. And I say this because he asked, do you honestly believe we could build a real title contender around Dame? I don't know. Unlikely. Because it's it's very, very hard. Most of the NBA titles have been won by the Lakers and Celtics. They, they Almost half, I think, is what it amounts to. It's, it's, like, ridiculous. It's not a parody league. No. But they have not, for the last seven years, done remotely anywhere near anything that they should have done. And I am willing to prolong that for two more years as a fan, as a supporter, as a media member, as a guy who covers this team to give him at least as close to a real shot as he could have. And if that means, you know, it stifles the organization for two years, like when they're like, they're a pretty damn good team. And I I don't say pretty good in the sense of like the Dame CJ teams, because those were pretty good teams. But let's say they they, they get Jeremy Grant and Miles Turner. Like, is that a a title team? And Ant really pops. No. Is that a top three team in the West? Could be. Could something happen in that six-month window where everything comes together and you can flip Jeremy Grant plus your tanked draft pick player, whoever that is, for Paul George, Jalen Brown. Let's say the Celtics go sideways, and now you've got Dame Ant, Jalen, and Miles Turner, and you fill something in here, and now you're going, well, shit. I don't know if it's a title team, 
But I know nobody in the NBA wants to play this team. Like, and then you start kind of looking at kind of the same model that the Phoenix Suns had where if, uh, uh, Damian Lillard riding off into the sunset is your Chris Paul or Ant kind of turns into your Devin Booker and whatever star player slots in there. Now you're like, oh, shit, this kind of... Your Jalen Brown now is kind of like uplifting mm-hmm. the whole thing and you've got a defensive backbone who just does shit and you get a, a Jay Crowder type or a Mikael Bridges type. And all of a sudden you're like, I could see this team like getting hot, and they could they could make a finals run if they if that was the best they ever did. If they gave Damian Lillard a chance at a finals run, let's say they went to the finals and they lost, like the Suns just did. Do you think anybody in Phoenix is sitting there saying that they didn't do enough around Devin Booker now for the rest of his career? No, I mean it's going to sound stupid to say this, but like winning a championship is the thing that would feel like pretty damn close to that. I think this city would feel that way. Like, yes. Shit, yeah, man. We did it with the dude who wanted to do it with us. And and I, I'll add to this quick because I do have to go. Yeah. But I, I want to add to that. That's the thing that's standing out for me is it's been poor roster construction for five years, maybe longer, probably longer. I don't know what they're going to build, but you have an opportunity to build something better than what you did. What are the Lakers next year? What are the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul getting older and mm-hmm. older? Where is Kawhi and the Clippers going? Dallas hasn't figured it out with Luka. Is Denver ever going to get healthy? Is Donovan Mitchell going to kill Rudy Gobert? (laughs) They might be one bad playoff appearance this year away from having to kind of blow that up a little bit, tweak it. Oh, Donovan Mitchell to Miami is already... You already put that out there. It's been out in the the background for two years. It's nuts. Okay, so you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Utah, Steph and the Warriors are amazing. But we don't know if Dre, is Draymond going to be cool if they don't want to. Dre could be the guy that ends up in Portland. So I'm just saying, like, start going down this list, folks. It, it could very well not work out for you. That's a possibility. But it also could line up where if your team of what you said, Grant, Turner, Ant Pops, you wouldn't say, oh, champions. But the West is not, it's getting worse than the East in some respects. Like, the East has a lot of good talented yeah. players and teams. You look at the West and you're like, you kind of go through the process of elimination and there are a lot of holes for these teams and where they're going to be next year. Those those peaks and valleys, they're different for every team in all these different cycles. And all you got to do is be there at the right time. That's what the Phoenix Suns did. And that that was the problem is that the Blazers didn't try. By not moving CJ McCollum for five years, they didn't try. And And, and that's our point, yes. And that that is what pissed me off. Uh, Steve Peterson says, Draymond Green is never coming to Portland. Stop it. Oh, buddy. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's impossible. Oh, uh, if you only knew. <laughs> uh, we'll get out of here on that. Thank you guys so much. Coach Sprague has got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Dimitri says, am I late? Yeah, we're just wrapping up, Dimitri. Sorry. Uh, we, catch uh, the pod. Yeah, catch the live replay. It'll be right there yes. for you. It'll go on there. I'll take this and throw it on the podcast as well. Um, we will be here for the uh, pre- and post-game show tomorrow uh, against Boston. Uh, as far as what I know, it looks like Nasir Little probably is going to give it a go. Uh, he took a little bit of a knock through the night, but it sounds like he's going to be better. Uh, nice. It's it's didn't sound too serious, so uh, it's 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 good to see the young guy back out there because I want to see uh, him take the, on the challenge of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. That'd be good for him. And then they have a day off, and then they got Toronto. Whew. This road trip is wrapping up. So uh, thank you all so much. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow. Help us grow the show. Help us grow the community. If you haven't already, please subscribe here. Help us grow here on the the live show on YouTube. 
Uh, if you want to become a member, uh, click join 299. You can come through, join the live parties, live watch parties. Uh, I am, uh, was it Sunday, the 23rd? Yeah, 23rd Sunday. Uh, we've got Jamie Hudson. Hud Dog will be there for the post game, hanging out with us, uh, talking about the, the road trip and how everything kind of wrapped up. That'll be following the Toronto game. Uh, I am trying to effort a few other folks to come in. Also, if the Blazers do make a trade with the Indiana Pacers, I have Caitlin Cooper booked. So there you go. She has agreed to come on and talk right. about whatever Pacer may get moved to the Portland Rail Blazers. By the way, both big men out significant time. Yep. Right in line with so the So it's, it's like, oh, here we go. So yeah. thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Brandon's going to go coach and uh, start his own youth dynasty. Uh, we will catch you all <laughs> later. Take care. Uh, at Jack Ramsey's on Twitter. At Danny Brink. At Brandon Sprague. At Jack Ramsey's. Gmail. Good stuff, guys. Until then, take care. Talk soon. Y'all have a It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com